this is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundance Success Series. Our primetime mastermind focuses on faith, focus, and courage. My guest is the People's Champion, heavyweight boxing champion, China Smith. China Smith, focus, mindset, courage. This is just an awesome interview. To find out more about China, go to his website, chinasmithboxer.com. So, what is the mindset of a champion? Well, let's ask China. China and I are coming at you right now. China Smith, welcome. How are you doing? I am doing great. It's great to have you with us. And um, we know that uh, the China Smith uh, is the people's champ, and uh, they call you the dragon. Why do they call you the dragon? <laughs> well, in 2000, the year 2000, you know, uh, the guy was dealing with dealing with uh, my manager at the time. We was in a um, library. Uh, no, it was actually at um, Martin Nobles, and we was going through the book, and we was trying to come up with a nickname. And China been my birth given name, named after my father. Wow. So we said the year of the dragon, two, you know, the two, two thousand year of the dragon. So China Dragon Smith, and it kind of, you know, it kind of stuck with me. Amen. We'd like to know a little bit about the, the makings of China Smith. Where are you? You're from uh, Sarasota, Florida. From Sarasota, Florida, which is uh, our south of south of Tampa, Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, um, grew up and raised here pretty much all my life. Uh, I'm a Florida, a Florida boy. Uh, hey. You know, my mom and dad, you know, raised me. Uh, I have a, a, a huge family, grandpa on my dad's side, and I'm in Sarasota. So I've been blessed to have a great support cast. Uh, um, and, you know, my mom, she's from Tallahassee. So my mom, my, both parents are from Florida. Uh, you know, brothers and sisters. And, um, you know, it's a humble young man just with big goals and big dreams, I guess. And, uh, so. Wow. Now, in growing up in that time, you know, I know your parents' family had a big, big influence on you. What part of, of Florida is it a predominantly white, black, mixed community? What is that? Um, Sarasota, um, is dumbly, um, um, white. Uh, but you know, it's, 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 uh, in Newtown, which I grew up in, um, uh, it's, uh, it's majority all black. But it's changing now, it's more, it's more, um, a little bit of everything right now, but um, Sarasota is very beautiful, very wealthy, wealthy city, and uh, most part of it. But uh, you know, we we're mostly known. For, uh, we have some of the greatest beaches uh, all over the world. We're very highly rated. We um of the of, of the white sand, so people from all over the world come over to visit our beaches. What did you learn in your your young adult or even childhood about? Uh, Persevering, I, I understand that uh, Newtown you're talking about is uh, has a long history of entrepreneurship and other things. So, what did you learn in in that growing up a community? Well, you know, through my grandfather, uh, I'm starting our family restaurant, um, first family business, a third generation was to always work hard. You know, uh, we always give back to the community because my grandfather used to call him Fishman Willis. And he was known for, uh, uh, he had uh, another job working at the, uh, at the fish house. So he would get some fishes, a, a big, I, mean, I don't know, a huge bag of uh, fishes and bring it back and sell it for a lot cheaper. And mm-hmm. he used to get rid of them to, uh, to try to feed, you know, families that couldn't, um, cause he wanted to feed everybody. But, this, you know, it's inspired through my dad and through my mom, of course, grace of God, to never give up, you know, 
even if you're going through struggle, we all struggle just to be disciplined and be dedicated and continue to believe in God and trust in God and knowing that he will bring you through whatever circumstance and situation that you're going through. So Amen. I always kept that. I keep that faith even today as I live now. What type of sports and uh, uh, societies and clubs and stuff did you did you growing up? Uh, well, football was my first job. I was a big football player. I uh, played basketball. I pretty much played all baseball. Uh, you know, just uh, stayed active, playing uh, football and everything. And, Pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Now, that teaches you teamwork and discipline, um, you know, when you're talking sports, because you've got to work with people. You know, you, you know, you, you know, you just can't shine out there by yourself. You're working as an ensemble. How did you get from the football and other sports into the boxing side? Well, boxing, um, it was something I started. I started following my dad's footsteps at, at the age of three. Uh, so... He always you know, would take me to the gyms. It was funny. I really didn't like boxing, but he kept me in, in the sports, would teach me the trades and teach me what was going on. And as I got older, then I became more and more into boxing. But it's taught me about, you know, work. I, one of my major saying is, a dream work makes a teamwork. And, um, sorry. Um, so working together as a team, you know, now you're not just by yourself. You're you're working hard. So if you achieve, they achieve. They achieve, you achieve. And uh, and you don't want to let your you don't want to let your teammate down. So you give it your 110 percent to try to pull everything together, so so we can win. And that's how I think that's what I take or try to take and strive in life. Amen. And the mindset and getting ready for your matches. I just, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to imagine what that is like in facing an opponent. You, there's a lot that goes into, first of all, conditioning your body, but I'm sure it's more than just conditioning your body. What is it you go through? What type of, um, uh, you know, because I know you have a great faith in God, but I know it's even more than just faith in God. What do you do to prepare? You know, boxing is percent mental. And thirty percent physical. So, um, you know, you just, you know, I, I, I take my mind to a whole different, different, different stride. Um, you know, because I, I play certain games with myself. You know, as I'm training, you know, I, I say this person's coming here to try to stop everything I worked hard for, for me and my family, my friends, my loved ones. And so I know, no matter how I may be feeling, I'm tired, I'm sore. Uh, just don't want to do it, I got to train for them, you know, because I can't afford it. I don't want to let them down because they put so much love, time, energy in me and with me. And then I also used to want the people that that are negative and say, hey, you will never make it. You can't be wow. this. You're too short. You're too small. You're too this. So it's time, and I tell people, it's true, when they spend in the midnight hour, 3, 4 in the morning or 5 in the morning or later, you know, when I've been out running 6, 7, 8 miles, and I stop. I said to myself, man, is this thing really worth it? I'm out here by myself. There's no one to call. There's no one to talk to. And then tears come, tears coming down my eyes, and I and I start, you know, thinking about the sacrifice my mom made, my dad made, my grandparents, my my community, nine for one, and that keeps me motivated, you know. And then I stop again, 
things like I said, think about the negative things that people that said to me and, and said my shortcomings and this and that. And I use all that as a, as a, as my energy and my force to continue to move forward, to continue to run an extra hundred yards, to continue to run another mile. Because, and then when it's all, when even when that falls short sometimes, then I have to use my father. I, I have a father who I never, God said, my son, my child, I never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. That's beautiful. When you got into boxing, what age were you? Well, like I said, I, I was three when I started, and I know that's young, but my dad was taking me through through the steps, showing me with the football and the boxing. But uh, I and I would do as I got older, like in, as uh, in middle school, I would do like little tournaments, and then I stopped boxing as I entered high school because I wanted to go. I was playing football, and I wanted to go to college and hopefully go to the NFL. Well, my high school, Sarasota Review High School, we had a great team, and I felt we was going to win um, the state championship that year. But by the grace, by something happened, not to put the blame on anybody, we fell a little short. So that really crushed me. I was telling my dad, I, you know, I gave it all I had, and, and I felt we should have won. We had a better team, but uh, we fell short. And so I said, I, I don't want to try to, I don't want to go through a situation like that if I can help it. I know. If I go into boxing, there's a one-on-one competition. Uh, I can't look to the left. I can't look to the right. I can't call a timeout. It's what I did do or didn't do to train for preparation. And with that, I feel I feel real good. I feel confident that at the end of the day, I'll be all right. Wow. That's powerful. And, you know, when you were saying that, you know, self-responsibility, uh, accountability, you're talking about that. And formidable ages, because I know that you were to be a good example for our youth. Uh, in your youth, I'd say between the ages of, say, 14 and, and 24, there had to be some um, lessons that you learned, not just, uh, you know, God lessons, but life lessons that you had to learn from the football field and then making that decision. And I'm, I'm sure the neg- negative and naysayers, you know, uh, you know, that type of thing can make you strong if you can withstand. With bullying and everything going on today, what would you tell people who have those naysayers and negators and others around them? I know you had to get around certain types of people to get to where you are today. You learned some lessons. What were they? Absolutely. You know, like I said, you, you learn you learned that if if you're not doing something, that's positive or you're not doing something that draws attention, most likely they're not necessarily going to, necessarily going to bother you. But because sometimes you don't, as I got older, sometimes people can see something in you that you can't even see in yourself. Mm-hmm. That's even why the reason they pick on you or or because they're having a certain issue that they don't know how to face or deal with. And so I, I, and I, I don't mean to be too spiritual, but it, I just have to, this is who I am. I would pray for God to give me the strength to withstand certain things that I might not even understand and realize. So I would look at older people, some of my, besides my parents, that I guess was my other parents, my coaches, or I would look at certain role models or, or athletes that had to come through certain struggles, or I would look at people like a single mother raising two or three kids and sending all her kids to college and see, and look at their things and, and, and look at and compare, try to compare and say, hey, you know, I had a rough day, you know, I uh, I had some people say, you know, uh, that I couldn't make it or do this. But then when I look at other people, 
circumstances. Like I look at a person come from from another country, you know, with twenty dollars, and he's a multimillionaire. Or you look at kids as they get older, they were born blind or born deaf or born with one leg or or this, and they were still able to make it and still able to overcome their obstacles and challenges. So I look at myself. I said, well, my problem is not that bad. When you look at those kind of situations and circumstances, because as I learn, I'm still learning. No matter how rough and bad and tough you what you're going through, it one it always can get worse, and two it's really not that bad when you start looking at other people going through struggles. You know, because I was like, just just say, you know, I had a rough day today. I said, man, I'm here. I don't know what I should do. Da da da. Then you you just just found out that a person just lost their husband, a person just lost their wife, or boyfriend, or girlfriend, or kid, or something like that. He said, wow. I didn't lose that. That didn't happen to me, so I'm still truly blessed. You know. Wow. Wow. And yeah, you do have to look at look outside yourself. That's what you're talking about. You know, you can always do the woe is me, but when you're looking outside yourself, there's always somebody next to you, and you wonder, wow, how are they getting through that? Look at what they're doing, man. I mean, I think I have a bad day or a bad situation. You're right. There are single mothers out there raising, you know, three or three to five or more kids. I mean, and and that could be just because of the death of the spouse, or it could just be for other reasons. Uh, but yeah, you you look at that, or you look at even the child in school that may have to take care of a parent, but they're still going to school making the honor roll. <laughs> you know, yeah. there yeah. are those exceptions. People put sports figures in not just minority community, but all communities and high esteem, we we seem to look to these what they call idols. And don't get me wrong, there's some beautiful role models that are doing some wonder, extraordinary things. And there are also people in our communities, regular moms and dads and brothers and sisters and, you know, aunties and uncles and grandparents. There are great people all around there doing great things. What do you say to young people who only look at sports as a means to an end because, like I said, we've got great people doing all types of things. It's, it's, it's more than, it's more, it's more to life than just sports. It's more to life than just music, you know. And as I tell young people, and people say, listen, you have to, you have to find some, some substance. You have to find balance in your life because what are you going to do after sports? You know, and, and, and you hear when you're going to school, or we, or we did when we were younger, and sometimes, you know, you're young, you're on your own, I guess, self-ego trip or whatever. You say, hey, that's not going to happen to me. I'm a great athlete. I'm very successful, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get hurt or, you you know, something happens. You get cut from a team. What what are you going to do there? And and as I was as I tell people, um, like when I do mentor and speaking or, or go to schools and, and different, I, I tell kids now how important it was about school from from experience of that I had went through because when I was in, when I was in school myself, I you know I was playing sports, so I was looking. To, I know I was going to play football or box. So school to me at the time wasn't as important as I understand and realize it is now. So when I took some time off from, from boxing and got involved with the community. And uh, I wanted to start um, going as a correction and work for the sheriff's department in Manatee County. Now, I've been out of school at the time 10-some years, and so I had to go through the academy 
and academy was a very hard challenge because when I walked into the school, the academy, you know, you had some kids just come out of college, so they, I mean, their mind is fresh, they're young, they're hungry, very smart, very intelligent, and then um, <clears throat> some of the other people, they've been through college and everything, so I was like, and I was a, uh, a young, I was a man that was like in a whole different environment, a whole new country, a whole new world. They speaking, it was like when they were speaking and talking, they were speaking a whole different language. So it was frustrating. But the one thing that that I have and I think I use in life every day was, obviously, God, but the determination. I, what I had to do was buckle down and really grind, cut every outside things off of my life and really focus on hitting the books, getting extra tutors and everything. So it was a good learning learning lesson for me. So what I tell kids now, my younger, my kids, I say, hey, why are you already in the system? Why are you already in school? You have to go to school until you become 18. And continue to better yourself. Continue to educate yourself. Because now I really understand and really realize and truly, the more educated you are, the more better it becomes or helps you easier in life. Mm, beautiful. Now, when you mention talking to kids, I know that you said that you grew up in Newtown, and that has a rich African-American history of entrepreneurship. And uh, people really in the 20th century made great strides in the African-American community to have businesses, build businesses, great communities. And that, in fact, is where a lot of the black middle class grew. And today we see role models that necessarily aren't necessarily the best. <laughs> you know, um, do you think that we have forgotten where and how far people have come to help us to be where we're at today? Do you think that? Um, and what do you think we could do better? If you if you feel Absolutely. any which way? Absolutely. Well, I think you know, and I I, I try like I guess you the political. I try to. Never prejudge a judge because we all fall short when it comes to God's right. grace. But the thing I think is that, like athletes today, you know, God bless them, they get paid a lot of money, a lot of money on the potential of what they may do or may not do. Athletes beyond before got paid on the on what they was or what they was doing. You see, and so now. The whole world, society got a lot easier, so that means it's less discipline. There's less hard work. You know, men, and I hate to say it, but a lot of men are, are not being men like my parents, my grandfather and grandfather were. They were real, real men, you see. And so I think that's really turned our society around. And then when the athletes or the, the kids that's coming up now, they are, everybody's entitlement. You know, they, they want this or they deserve this or they deserve that. But they put no miles and they put no time, no energy in it. And that's what's happening with the community. You know, uh, I get not not upset, but it's like when they say, well, you know, how, how hard Mexicans work. And no no disrespect to anybody. But my African-American black people, minority, built this country off hard work, off slavery. But I think was, as a whole, we see some athletes, we see some celebrities, movie stars, actors, actors. They didn't got very successful. So the the majority of blacks, African-Americans, we didn't got too comfortable with, well, I don't have to do this because half of us live off the government. I can just get a handout. And we lost our truth. We lost, we're losing our identity, I think, as a whole, you know, that 
like I said, <clears throat> even looking at my community, I didn't even realize until since I'm starting to do some research on that, you know, we had our own businesses. We did, you know, we made our own money. We're doing, we're doing our own. We don't, we didn't need anybody else outside, you know, and that's what I think we're losing of, of what's going on now. You know, everybody said, well, why should I have to work hard? You know, they'll, they'll just give me this or pay for this. So I'm not, I'm not going to go out there and work hard and try to build my, establish my own, my own businesses or, or work hard for what I want. And that's what we're losing, I think. What do you think we as a generation can do to turn uh, and begin to turn that tide? Because even with, um, say, the last seven years where we've had um, jobs leave America, job leave, jobs leave the community, the, the um, communities, which our grandparents grew up in, and we're able to become entrepreneurs. It's not difficult now. It's not impossible, but much, much different. It it was different because back then there was segregation. People had to in the community work together, and that's a big thing. They had to work together. Um, what do you think we could do to to, to turn this around? And I I start with athletes because people look up to athletes uh, more so than any other thing within. Minority communities, that's the thing to be, or a music star, a rapper, or, and there's nothing wrong with these things, nothing wrong at all, but there are also people in general of all colors excelling in many other areas in life. Right. Well, my personal thing, like you said, I, I used to say a dream work makes it, a team work makes a dream work. We are so, so many people are so individual for themselves. What can I get? What can I do? And there's no, there's a lot, especially in the African American community. We don't have a, it's not a lot of unity together. And we, we're, we're losing the battle when you look at the overall picture, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we have to take time and say, we have to look at it like Michael Jackson said, the man in the mirror. You know, I can't look mm-hmm. at you and look at other people and try to tell you to change when I'm not willing to change myself. If I say, well, you know, let me call such and let me just grab somebody by the hand. Say, hey, man, you know, let's change. You know, I apologize for what I may have done or didn't do. I, you know, just say I'm sorry. Ask, ask for forgiveness and let's move on. Let's work on pulling things together one person at a time and let allow it to trickle down to everybody else. You know, because sometimes, you know, you know, something major has to happen for there's a big rally and everything. But after the rally dies down, what happens? Everybody goes on back to their life. You know, right. we just we just need to take one day at a time and just start communicating more and start praising each other, lifting each other up, and start instead of tearing each other down. Like you know, the, even the music, more they they have a they have a, a chance at one time to go out to so many people. Um, so and, and so when they're talking negative about kill this and, and degrading women and this and that, even though it's entertainment, it's a wrong kind of entertainment. And, and, and some people who can't, they can't rationalize of that it's, that's just entertainment. Leave it like that. Don't take it and allow it to be a, a, a come, become part of your life. And, and that's what's happening. You know, you see these young kids, oh, I want to be like such and such. I want to be like such and such. He's a thug or he's this. And, and that, and that's really not what they are, but that's the image that they're portraying and they're sending the wrong message, the wrong signal to the younger generation, the younger population. And they can't, they can't adjust and, and adapt to it. And it's killing our society slowly. 
Wow. But but my but the the the, the CEO they don't care because they're making money either way it goes. They're making money at the cemetery. They're making money at the prison. You know, the prison is a multi. I mean, it's a billion dollar corporation. So uh, either way it goes, the CEO is making. They they're going to the bank. So whether it's black on black crime, they're going to the bank. Whether it's, it's the music industry that's degrading whoever, what they're still going. They're still going to the bank, and that's what for them they could care less to a certain degree because they're still going to the bank. Now that you are the North American heavyweight champion, what are your future goals in boxing? What do you see for yourself in the next five years? Um, I see um, doing some more fights for myself, you know, maybe within a two-year frame, and then also promoting other sports and other entertainment. Mm. And, and really lean out, you know, teaching the younger, the younger athletes more about how this business and stuff is operated, where they can be entrepreneurship, entrepreneurs themselves. Yeah, entrepreneur is my favorite word because um, that's, you know, with, with jobs leaving America, you really have to, I mean, there's life even after sports. And now that you mentioned entrepreneurship, uh, there is life after everything's over and done with. I just recently saw a special in which Tony Dorsett and many of our, our players now are really kind of paying the price of, you know, getting pounded on the field and their afterlife, uh, and uh, some of the uh, brain damage and whatnot. I mean, there is life after sports, but no one really plans for that. Have you planned for that? Yes, well, you're right. Absolutely. You really don't plan because at the time, you're out here doing things and, 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 you know, you say, hey, my life is good. I have this. I have making money, this and that. But if something happens, you have a fallback. You have something that puts you in the crossfire. And you're like, man, what am I going to do? And that's when you try to regroup or redeem yourself. So that's kind of like my my story. What's by the grace of God? I'm okay, and things are getting better because I believe in God, and He has showed me a vision that's even stronger and better than um, than I was before. And that and that's my step that I walk. I'm you know, not just talk to talk, but walk to walk because I'm making my past pay for me. So I'm working on certain certain projects. That's not on a, on to bring me to to a higher position, but try to establish and bring other people, like I said, create other other opportunities for younger people and try to continue to be a mentor, a leadership, like someone was for me. Beautiful. You have a very strong foundation with community and community service, and um, I understand that there's a centennial going on there in Newtown. Why don't you tell our, our, our people about that? How important that is. I mean, having a community, a centennial celebration of 100 years, that's beautiful. Yeah, I, I, thank you. You know, it's a great opportunity um, just to, to, to recognize um, something that is very rare in America right now today and knowing that my family is a part of it. My family is a third um, generation. We have the oldest black men in Sarasota, which is Town Hall. It's a, it's a uh, restaurant lounge. And just knowing that um, <clears throat> it's part of history, um, you know, in so many, so it, once again, it, it's showing from in the beginning where our ancestors come from and what they have done to strive. So these younger people, even myself, where our history comes from right in this little area. And so it's just big that it's, it's starting to take off and I'm a part of it and I'm happy to be a part of it. And um, because as I was telling people, 
we would never see. I, I my, my 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 youngest baby, she's four. They would never see this because no one at the time would be around another hundred years, you know, unless something did happen. So it's just it's just great. It's an honor to be a part of what's going on now. Beautiful. And your aspirations for the heavyweight title. Hmm. Are you preparing? I know. What's going on with that? <laughs> yeah. Well. It's um, you know, God, you know, and I say this because it's an obstacle that you know it's not an easy task, of course. And I have my ups and downs, I have my setbacks. But you know, I, it's, my life is a living, it's a, it's a walking testimony. There's no athlete in the world that I know of that could be off six and a half years to sit on this couch and fight one fight last year, July 26, and then almost another year go by. June of 13 of this year, and fight and win and, and, and fight and win the North American title. Seven and a half years, two fights. But what I tell people, my belief, my dedication, my lifestyle, it showed that it can be done. You know, exploration. <clears throat> you know, when I told people I was going to make a comeback, you know, I, my fighting wasn't over. You know, after a few months, this is when I, in my last fight before that was in '06, December '06. Why did you quit? Why did it? Why were you? Why were you away for seven years? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't intentional. It's just the way it happened because I, I wasn't really happy with the way the business was going. Wow. You know the things I have done, the, the things I contribute. I wasn't. I wasn't being appreciative of the, the the opportunity, the money that I I I had made for the team. The team didn't treat me how I should have been treated. So. Uh, I felt I felt undeserved, un, un, underprivileged, so I decided, while I'm healthy, while I'm young, let me walk away and let me regroup. And then I got married, had you know, had a family, and um, wow, that's and I started started organization in the community because that's when I became the people's champ, and that's when I learned about really loving people and helping people. And um, well, I mean, I always help people, I always love people. But, because I wasn't necessarily fighting, I got involved with a lot of different other things, a lot of political parts, um, learning more about what's going on about, you know, the city and things. So, but the thing is, I never lost focus. I was still trained. I was still prepared. And people ask, they said, what are you getting ready to do? I'm getting ready to fight. But I just, I just never had a date set. I just never had things, you know, <clears throat> lined up. But I was still working in the progress, in the process. And so, um, but behind all that, you know, a short minute, twenty minute documentary came up, came up, came out of it. It was um, my last um, the fight I had in July um, the last year. It was called Second Chance, China the Dragon Smith Second Chance, and that just started off as a workout video, a, 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 a pre-fight uh, promotion thing, and then one thing led to another, and then it just took off, and I'm. Um, it won awards and uh, short short film um, documentary, and it was just a blessing. And um, and I just love that I'm living proof. Like I said, exploration don't have um, a limp time on the people though. So, and the knowing right. that I'm looking to fight for the world's title, um, my goal is to um, defend the title I have next year, or maybe two or three times, depending on how what goes happen. Um, and then looking to fight for the world's title, and. And there's a lack of American heavyweights right now, so. I'm, Why do I'm you think that is? Well, because <clears throat> you know the, the, the Ukraine, the Klitschko, they they dominated right now, 
And it just, it, once again, it just, it's just a sacrifice. It, it's just, it's just, it's just so hard because no one really wants to, no one really wants to pay that extra, extra cost. No one, you know, people want to, everybody wants to live forever. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to go out there and, and put all that on the table and die for what you believe in. You know, mm. and die for the cause. And so, you know, I understand three things when I walk into the ring. I could be knocked unconscious. I could be paralyzed. I could be killed. Even this last fight, I had so many things going for me until three minutes. I had to like ten minutes ago before walking into the, the ring. The guy that was in the wall with me, he had me dropping like maybe fifteen minutes going away. I was back there warming up, and I was telling my trainer, "I just want to break a sweat. Nothing, nothing hard, nothing serious." Uh, so the other guy stepped in the ball, stepped in, in, in between us, and he had me dropping hooks and, and uppercuts hard for like three rounds straight. So I did three rounds in the back of the dressing room where it doesn't count. No one sees it before I even went out to the fight. So I'm three rounds already going to the, to the biggest fight of my life. Now, and then the, the uniform, the trunks I had on, they was too big, you see. And so mm. when, when, the, when, the, when the sweat, when I started sweating, and then later on, they got real heavy. They became like 15, 20 pounds. So, wow. so I was sitting, and then the guy was cutting the ring off of him. I can say this now because I won the fight. And you can't tell no one that before because now now what happened is you're looking for excuses or that was that was that was an excuse that was you know, you make another thing. But that's what really happened to the place. So what I had to do was adjust and adapt and and we got tired, but the mental part kicked in because I remember even in the fight I said, Man, I have a family. I have my parents, my friends, I have my, my community. All the sponsors, all the people that help me get to where I am today, I'm here to die. I'm, you know, I'm going to win this fight no matter what happens. If I lose my life, so be it. And once, like after the after the, the tenth, eleventh, twelfth, I mean after the eighth, ninth, tenth round, my my mind, my body went numb. I didn't feel anything because the mind was so focused and it just went to a whole nother place. Mm. And I won the fight. Standing, it was a standing room only. It was a standing ovation, and so. Beautiful. And it's great that you, you know, you're talking about taking accountability, uh, you know, taking that action and, and accepting responsibility for your actions, for everything, you know, not using excuses and, and you know, just like many people can can get in that pity party zone, you know? Right. Amen. What do you want to leave with our uh, our audience? Um, what do you what will you be doing? You know, this is uh, coming up on the holiday season and whatnot. So, when will, where will we see China Smith? I know we can reach you at your website, your official website at chinasmithboxer.com. dot com. Yeah, you can follow me on um, Facebook dot com forward slash China Smith Boxer. My fan page. You know, just you know, keep me in your prayers and. Uh, you know, you know, the best is still yet to come. You know, next year I, I believe it's going to be a very big, big, successful year, bigger than ever. And uh, I'm looking, like I said, to fight, defend my title a couple more times, maybe fight for the world title, and um, just really in, in start promoting, doing more motivating speakers across the country, um, just speaking and inspiring people and showing people that, hey, no matter, it's not, they say it's not where you come from, uh, it's not, but it's, it's where you're going. It's not the circumstances you are in now, because what I'm learning, I have learned. You can have the rough day yesterday, the, the tomorrow, this, I mean, yesterday, two days ago, whatever. But 
God willing, if you wake up in the morning, it's a brand new day. A brand new day was filled with opportunity because it's a, it's a great, definitely a blessed day. That it's the day that the Lord has made. So that's how I try to strive, I, and, I, and I live by that. I say, man, it's been rough. It's a rough day, but you know, tomorrow's gonna be a better day. I claim it. I, I speak it. I walk it. I talk it. And so I, I feel next year, um, I feel the holiday is gonna be good. I'm gonna spend time with my family, but I'm still focused, still training, still preparing for my next event, doing a live exhibition in, in Sarasota. Doing a fundraiser for the community, making you know, putting other local fighters in involved. So it's a community event, um, and it's helped bring you know, bringing the, the sport back to Sarasota, and continue to build upon my next fight, scheduled fight, and, and um, continue to move forward with that. Well, amen. Thank you so much for being with uh, me and with my audience. I really appreciate uh, all you're doing, and uh, I mean, I'm willing to you know continue to follow you as you continue to rise and and be that bigger champion for not only your family, community, but for us all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And call me anytime and, and um I love I love what you do, have done and I'm I'm very humble and very honored to be on your show. Well, thank you. God bless. God bless, thank you. <laughs>